So um, should we do a quick introduction? Yeah. So hello, welcome. Uh, this is Colin Keeley here, and I have Brent Sanders with you, uh, <laughs> co-founder of Avocado. Um, we're starting this podcast to be sort of a diary of building the business. Um, we've been running this business for uh, almost a year now, um, starting from a you know conversation had a, over multiple Chipotle lunches around the audio economy and you know what's useful in this space and what's interesting to us and what's something we would use and um, if, to give some background around uh, the business of what it is, it's uh, essentially audio courses uh, or a platform for audio courses. Um, Colleen, maybe you can add some color around, you know, the genesis of the idea. Yeah, I think uh, it kind of comes from two different parts. I think both of us love like these online learning and continual learning, and we never really had the time like to sit down and watch another online course. So you start a bunch of them, and you never actually complete them. So we, we, you know, you hack together solutions with podcasts, voice to text or text to voice. So that always felt lacking. And then I was just looking at the audio market and monetization is where it lags the furthest behind. So it monetizes about a 10th as well as radio, which is pretty you know, absurd because it's basically internet radio that tracking and targeting should be much better. And so I was thinking the way you actually like 10X the audio market is to break outside that pocket, podcasting bucket. And so with education, there's a clear return on investment there. And in video, they've kind of proven you could charge a lot more for that. Yeah. Uh, so there's no you know, real equivalent for that in the US, but we both were believers that there was a lot of potential there, especially for creators to like monetize their audience with an easy to produce and consume info product. And uh, we could talk about like how we ended up at the specific strategy that we did, but we kind of have been you know, searching for the best one. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so in terms of how we split up the work, I, I, I'm the technical co-founder, I've been, um, you know, my background, what, 15, 16 years in the industry, building web apps, mobile apps, um, working for other companies. And I've, you know, for the last couple of years, really been searching for something of my own and wanting to uh, move from a comfortable position of consulting and helping other people build and, um, you know, kind of be not really working for myself in that sense, but building something and spend the time that I'm putting into building a product um, of my own and, and having ownership of that, you know, work with companies and sure you have some equity and, um, you know, it's a little bit different of a model when it's, it's really just the two of us kind of putting together what we can and, and testing it out. And I would say, you know, Colin adds a lot of value to this team with, uh, you know, when I get done building a prototype or get done building something is like taking that to the next step and actually getting in front of people, helping shape what it is and, marketing it and it's really been interesting in the process of working together of like realizing oh my god i would not have the energy to write all this stuff and you know test it and you know worry about all the technical stuff and then also get in front of people and deal with sales and onboarding people and um so it's it's for me it's it's sure there's a bunch of interesting parts of this business but the most interesting so far is being part of a, a small team and you know, being able to rely on one other. And, and I, I would say this is probably the first time we've talked about that dynamic. I don't know. I mean, it's just kind of been sort of a, hey, can you do this? Or uh, like a natural handoff of like um, the dynamic between two people. One that's, you know, Colin, you're technical in the sense that you've been working on the web flow part of things, like using that platform for our website and being able to move a lot of things forward without 
you know, coming back to me like, Hey, can you put a marketing stuff together? And I've been focused on, so we started just some background. I'm kind of rambling, but we started with a react native app, right? It was really only for iOS just to kind of test out, could we build in, you know, a, a podcast like app that could include, um, you know, audio courses on it. And so, um, just starting there, there was, a fair amount of work that went into just getting that out, going through all the Apple noise and getting it live and getting payments working and things like that. Um, to then, you know, what do we do with that and how do we, we test that and validate it? And so this is like, like, I'm thinking back, this is like the beginning of the year, right? So we're in October, 2020. And I feel like when did we first release it? Was it March ish? I'm, I'm forgetting. Yeah, it was something like that. So there's a huge slog of like actually building the thing after we had the general idea. And then we wanted to be a tech company, not really a media company. So it was bringing on creators that were producing content. So right. it was like that, a lot of cold outbound, looking at other kind of marketplaces and trying to skim off the cream of like the top 10% of creators. And then it was trying to sell them, I guess on the dream of like an audio marketplace because it didn't even exist at that point. So it was a lot of, you know, hand-to-hand combat, like taking a lot of zooms that kind of didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, so that, that was a process. Um, but yeah. And then that was maybe like three months ago where we decided to do this on the rebels approach and we shifted. Yeah. Right. Right. And so, um, with that, you know, we had an app in the app store, we had this marketplace essentially, um, kind of bringing people up to bring our listeners up to speed where we're at now. It's, we realize we are not necessarily the greatest at building this audience. Like a marketplace is really hard to build, right? You have to get the buy side, the sell side up. And we, I feel like uh, we did a really good job or you did a really good job. You, you really led the charge on, you know, how do we get creators on the platform? And that was the easier part. We were able to get um, listeners on, but we realized, uh, you know, there's, there's a big acquisition cost. I mean, there's a whole bunch of problems with that. And it's, if we look at it, the two of us that might not be our, our strongest aspect. So there's also a bigger opportunity in like, yeah, being the Shopify for audio courses, being a platform where uh, it's easy to get your content on, it's easier to package it for the web and then have a, a destination where people can listen and be able to easily consume it, right? And so, I mean, going back to the problem, talking about the going all the way back at the Genesis, I remember you know, taking courses on Coursera and bringing like a giant iPad to the elliptical because I wanted to listen to the lectures and it, and people do that. It just felt so weird to me and to just kind of plug in and listen to a course and, and listen to the lecture. And that, that's how I would love to spend. It was always like my learning Sundays is spend like a couple hours listening to lectures and, you know, feeling like I'm moving things forward in, in my career or just life or whatever, just learning new stuff. And not stagnating, but um, I wanted that same experience to be audio focused so I could just kind of stick it in my pocket or listen on my AirPods and, you know, go for a walk. Cause I just, I think that's such a powerful way to, to listen and absorb certain types of content. It's not for everything, right? I mean, there's obviously courses that, that need a visual, right? You're not going to take an art course. You're not going to take certain types of math courses, but there's tons of skills specifically I found in the software engineering space. I wanted to listen to people talk about, you know, the, the latest trends in AI or machine learning and, and listen to lectures about it and learn that way. Um, so I think that's what we've built, 
right? And I think that's what we um, are now at the point where we're trying to figure out, you know, who's our ideal customer. And I think we landed on one to start. So we have a pilot going on right now, um, which is a company called Theory of Me. And I don't know, how would we best describe Theory of Me? Uh, so Jackie is the founder of it. She has a small team and she does wellness coaching for companies. So she doesn't, to my knowledge, like create a course and sell to an audience that she has built on Twitter or something. It's all reaching out to companies or selling through other channels to companies and then just training for them. And this was all in person pre-COVID. So she would, you know, train companies for like 200 people and do like weekly sessions with them. And then COVID hit, and this is actually Brent's friend initially, um, and COVID hit and she was figuring out you know, how to record video courses, how to do that. And we're like, whoa, 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 uh, have you heard of audio courses? And she jumped on. Uh, you have anything to add? Yeah. Uh, I think it was an interesting thing from a product perspective is like we had 90% of the, the pieces for her to just roll her cohort uh, in, right? So the, this group of 200 people that signed up at some corporation. And so I think the way that she's been running it has been a, a weekly Zoom meeting, which is I think a couple hours or you know, maybe an hour and a half where there's uh, some content that otherwise would have been done in person. I think then the way it works is the homework, which I think would normally be done um, in person, right? They would have split into groups and then done this like uh, these sort of side modules that all have their own specialties. She's moved that to audio. So it's, I think a really good fit and they're, they're small lessons, right? They're each week, there's like four or five, four to five minute, maybe six minute, uh, audio courses that are, are, are like, hey, here's what I need you to think about. Here's what an exercise is and come in next week, you know, with this information or with like the time to contemplate, which I think for wellness, audio is even better. I mean, I, I spend a ton of time in front of my, my screen. I'm coding throughout the day, um, you know, working out on a Peloton and, and watching movies at night. It's like, there's always a screen in my face. It's really nice to to think of this content, which is uh, around nutrition, you know, general wellness to consume it, you know, either in your car or on a walk or just away from, you know, the usual oppression of the work screen. So, yeah. uh, you know, to that point, we, we had to quickly build out, you know, within having a conversation with her, I said, Hey, you know, I can build out this concept of cohorts, which we didn't really have, which has been a, a great concept. So we can support these types of customers and the cohorts give us like the ability to mass invite a group of 200 people, you know, figure out how to give them access to content that otherwise isn't uh, directly available through the app and not have to worry about like how to pay for it because it's, they're, they're basically handling billing with her, you know, separately. Um, and then just rolling invites, like how do we get people access? And uh, she and I are continuing to t talk about, you know, what else can be helpful because I, I just think it's an interesting time to be writing software for any industry in the time of COVID. So if we're kind of fortunate to have the ability to respond to these very new and novel needs, um, which that, that's got me the most excited right now, which is like, are there things that, you know, incumbents in the space have already built their product and aren't really, they're really in the, the later stages of feature support and, they probably have more than we do, but we're at a position where we're able to move incredibly quickly, which is, you know, the, the advantage we have at this stage. And 
I think it's worth saying this wasn't like a, I guess, a happy accident. Like we made a very, you know, aware decision to kind of do a 10 degree pivot to try to take advantage of this like wave of e-learning and the creator economy. I, yeah, like trying to take over those, like the COVID headwinds. Yeah. So all, we know all these people were disrupted. You know, they're trying to look for additional sources of income. And it seemed like this is the easier way to, you know, expand really, really quickly instead of our previous way of like, we were the bottleneck. Like we yeah. were approving courses. We were slowly building our own audience. Like these people already have their audiences and we're just empowering them to, you know, monetize them in a better way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing that has me the most excited, excited about the the business is this idea that, um, a weren't, as you mentioned, we're not having to do the leg, a lot of the legwork around approving courses and make, you know, ensuring, um, you know, this content's going to be available in a marketplace. Again, a big, it's a big problem, right? To, to start a marketplace, have limited resources, and then uh, expect it to sort of flourish without a lot of work. So th- this approach, I feel like we can have more of an impact on individual creators and help them grow their business, help them uh, explore audio as a, a real platform versus like an afterthought. It's like audio is first class on Avocado. And, you know, if you're a creator that works in that space or that's your medium, like this is the place for you. Cause um, not only are we working on new features and trying to think in like an innovative manner around it, we also have the resources to, from a tech perspective to, to build those features and, and be sort of a, uh, a unique platform for audio learning. Yeah, I wonder if it's worth just pointing out, we keep talking about audio courses and it's like, it's a very new format in the US specifically. And I think a lot of people are thinking like, aren't those just podcasts? It's the big difference between podcasts and audio courses is they're ROI focused. So instead of, you can listen to, you know, hundreds of podcasts and you'll get the same information or or you can listen to a, a structured audio course that's kind of designed to take you from A to Z, like in a step-by-step process. So it's really all about saving time. So if you think like with podcasts, they're monetized traditionally with ads. So Joe Rogan is incentivized to have like a three hour podcast so he could fit in a half hour of ads. But with audio courses, you're actually just paying for it. So they're monetized more on quality than quantity. And so it's even better if length is not rewarded, like the shorter, the better, the more bite size, you know, the more impactful. Uh, the better it is to monetize. Yeah. And, and to echo that is like, there are industry podcasts. I mean, I host one in the RPA space, as you know, um, that, you know, we talk to experts, but you've got to listen to hours and hours of content and you're going to get differing opinions that have a lot of nuances. Like it's not ideal. And that, that's what I was listening to at the gym around machine learning or AI. It's like, I'm getting perspectives, but I'm not really seeing the like, well, wait, how do you do this? in a stepwise and like thoughtful motion that could be done in an audio course. And, you know, I should say that I feel like the, the history of audio courses have been largely like self-help. I think like Zig Ziglar's of the world, uh, the Tony Robbins of the world, they, they've got a, you know, 12 CD set and they're going to talk to you and they're going to amp you up. And it's, it's just a, there's a much bigger opportunity than, than self-help. I don't know. I feel like that's historically been a way, I mean, you get the tapes, right? There used to be like going on a road trip and, and listen to something like that. But um, I think with the comfort and the ease that people are having with podcasting is, you know, we 
throw our mic together and hop on a Zoom and, and record. Um, there's somewhere in between, I think, where you can really generate thoughtful, quality content and, and consume it in a way that's non-obtrusive. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like kind of just a fluke of history that we've moved away from audio learning. Right. Like, this is how people have always learned, like just telling stories to each other hundreds of thousands of years ago. And then, I don't know, like 5,000 years ago, we had the written word. In the last 100 years, we've been just starting to stare at screens all day. And, you know, even audio tapes were a thing in like the 80s and 90s, and they seem to have just kind of gone away. And I, I don't know why. It doesn't seem like there's a real good reason. I mean, it's just, there's a huge economy, the pay for knowledge economy in China that like has been booming, which is basically audio courses, but it never really made its way here. So I feel like we're just bringing things back. Like, I don't know why it was forgotten for so long. Yeah. I don't know. I, the, the ease of being able to create these days is, is wonderful. Like that's such a beautiful part of the internet, right? Having the, uh, the ability to share information. Uh, the problem is, is, you know, there's obviously a huge quality problem. There's obviously a huge, um, credibility problem. Um, but I don't think we're trying to, to fix all of those problems necessarily, but we are, like really focusing on trying to make a, a platform where it's easy to um, record this information, put it together in a, a professional way and, and be able to monetize it. Right. It's like not, I mean, your, your choices, there are competitors in the space, but the other choices in the marketplace are obviously going to be geared towards video. And it's like, sure. You, you know, a lot of our initial creators came from, from video and you know it's really just them in front of a screen or you know putting stock photography and it almost detracts from the experience where it's the audio you know the spoken word is as you mentioned that's the value yeah it'll be interesting to see so we're a horizontal platform we're not really being too prescriptive on like who should i mean we're reaching out to people but who should come on and you know tell their stories and start these audio courses i, I bet we see like a big uptick and all these kids are stuck on Zooms all day and doing this like homeschooling thing. Like I bet we see a big uptick in like elementary school teachers and middle school teachers and, and just, just like a, a supplement or a compliment for their you know, extended screen time that everyone has nowadays. Yeah, I think the, you know, that's the one thing that I keep coming back to from a product perspective is we just don't, we don't touch grading. We don't touch, um, like the, our main thing right now is like we can tell like theory me for example we can tell her of the 200 people in her cohort did they listen to the courses you know and that's that's really all the information we have so if you look at like some of the incumbents in the lms spaces it's all about you know can we verify they reviewed all the slides and then they take a test and we can verify that they didn't leave or maybe they didn't have you know outside influence like not an open book test and i I still am not convinced that that is necessary. I still am not convinced that like, it's almost like saying homework is is bad. I mean, I've seen arguments that go back to the elementary school. It's like, is homework actually beneficial? I don't know. There, there are arguments both ways, but we're kind of in a state right now where I'm wondering if we want to start looking into more features around how do we, and it doesn't have to be a test or quiz necessarily, but like some form of screen-free a way to kind of affirm that you understood or you completed or you, you got the value out of it. Because I th there is something to that. I mean, I know Coursera has a great, I mean, that's the platform I've used the most for e-learning, but they've, you, know, you can't move on to the next 
module in some of their courses until you successfully pass the, t the current module, right? Yeah, it's a bit of a question of focus. So like, I, I mean, there's only you know, two of us plus an intern right now, and we can't kind of do everything. Like I think these monetization and like marketing features are probably the most important initially and just focusing on the content. Mm -hmm. And then in time, I think there's like a lot of special opportunities in audio where you could transcribe stuff. Yeah. So I could listen to a course, I could record my answer verbally, and we could look at the transcription and say, yes, you said those you know, five right words in the right order. He got that question right and moved yeah. to the next section or something like that. Yeah. And, and a lot you, of fun even, stuff. Even if you had a group like uh, Theory Me does where there's a 200 person audience, it's like you just to get like a sentiment analysis, all the things you can do with transcription. I mean, obviously, I love this because it's, you know, tech heavy and you can really dive into it. And um, but you're right, it's not our most important problem right now. I think what would you say our most important problem is right now to focus on? Uh, getting customers, getting revenue. Yeah. <laughs> like personally, yeah. but like on the product side, I think you know, making our creators successful um, and making them as much money as possible. Like I think that is how you you'll build a little cult following and grow ideally with referrals instead of advertising or you know direct outbound. So that would be kind of my focus in the next couple months going forward. And mm -hmm. I think you see with a lot of other platforms is you could hack together solutions. So like Teachable is one of the biggest video platforms for teaching and they have a lot of integrations with like email marketing providers or mm -hmm. you know community providers. So they don't even provide community. It's like creators have circle apps or they have slacks or paid slacks. And so that could actually be a huge chunk of the monetization and not like the initial like course. Yeah. And it's just, you know, that's the center place. And then you throw people to the appropriate platform for the different features. So as, as part of this podcast that we're going to record every week, I think we should come up with like, what we're going to do this next coming week. And it, just to give some background, I mean, obviously this is the first episode, so we just talked about everything we've been up to for the past <laughs> year or so, but last week or this week ending, we just launched basically the, the new model, the, the pivot of um, giving teachers and creators their own storefronts. And so that was a big push. And I think this next coming week, I really wanna focus on, there are some kinks, right? There are some assumptions we're making, um, like all good early stage companies, we're not building for any um, too many edge cases. I shouldn't say any edge cases, but there are uh, like, for example, the ability to, to be both a listener and a teacher and a creator, right? So, you know, a lot of the content that we're putting out, what coming up this next week is like, how do you, how do you create a podcast or sorry, how do you create an audio course and how do you get that listed on Avocado? So a lot of our listeners are going to start transforming into ideally into creators. And so supporting that in the product, um, supporting some of the requests that are coming through from creators. And I mean, we have obviously a, a huge backlog to, to pull from, but, you know, continuing to support uh, audience building and, and being able to transact in an effective way, making it easy for people to get at the content and, and pay our creators. Yeah. Then as far as this podcast goes, if you're listening, you know, thank you. Uh, we'd love any <laughs> feedback. We're both on Twitter. Um, so that would probably be the best place to send feedback. Our general thought is that we'll talk about you know, what we're struggling with as like a currently bootstrapped you know, SaaS company in the creator space, and then maybe do a deeper dive on like one topic. So we have a list of like 20 evergreenish topics that we could cover. 
if you have any feedback and stuff you'd like to hear, that'd be awesome. And then also five-star reviews are you know, highly appreciated. They're <laughs> you know, given a lot of weight in iTunes or in uh, Apple Podcasts nowadays. So it'd be good to pop us up with those. Great, great. Yeah, and just, just a preview of some of those ideas. I think you know, pricing is a good one, distribution, um, focus, which we've touched on a little bit today, but these are things that we're constantly talking about, fighting about. I shouldn't say fighting about, but you know, <laughs> coming with opposing views on, and, and I think um, both of us have some interesting background around this. You know, so I'm excited to continue the conversation each week, so, so stay tuned.